Hello everyone, and this is Josie Nightshade, and today we'll be listening to an essay of mine entitled Every Life and the Ego. Earlier on in my writing, I may have mentioned that I'm a Theravada, that I am a Buddhist and a Catholic. The particulars of that is that I'm a Theravada Paraland Buddhist. We believe that in the pursuit of ending suffering, normally by getting rid of attachment or desire, one can actually fulfill this task because to one cannot actually fulfill this task because to do so would be a desire in itself. This is because in the elimination of desires, you begin to want to desire to eliminate your attachments to escape suffering. So it is a kind of paradox. This is the root of my belief in the fact that the ego is not all bad as some spiritual people believe. Mahayana Buddhists or Zen Buddhists, if you want to get particular, believe that the ego is all bad and that emptiness is the answer. Though to their credit, this is only half the answer. The other half is that they believe that there is everything within emptiness, much like the sky. Much like the sky holds everything, but is also empty. Buddhism is a secular religion that loves paradoxes. The sky cannot be pinned down, as the great Alan Watts once said as an example of this very thing. That is why there is a circle drawn in calligraphy, a very important activity in Zen Buddhism. That represents Zen Buddhism as a whole. It is meant to symbolize this emptiness that holds all. Buddhism is a kind of no religion religion, said by Alan Watts. That at first seems complicated, but as you debunk some of the thoughts that are in Buddhism, you realize that they are actually quite simple. This was done purposely, as one can see from the way that the scriptures are written, particularly in the Pali Canon that is attached to Theravada Buddhism. There is a little bit of tension within the two sects because while the Pali Canon is considered closer to the authentic teachings of Buddha, it, it, even in the language itself, is simpler as the actual linguistic aspect of it means that it is written in a much more, much softer phonetic manner. That is because Pali is a dialect of Sanskrit, the latter of which sounds harsher and is pronounced as such while the former is more soft. Mahayana Buddhists argue that their Sanskrit version is a more advanced version of the Buddhist teachings as the Buddha simplified his teachings after giving them to his disciples. He did this to make it accessible to the average layperson, which is where the Pali Canon is believed to have originated. We also have more complete translations of the Sanskrit versions of the Buddha's teachings, which have been translated in Chinese and Tibetan. Some would say that this is an insult to Theravada Buddhists, but in reality the two sects should be working in harmony with one another and if at all possible combine their scriptures to complete the dissemination of the Buddhist teachings as he would have have intended. Scriptures themselves are written in the simplest, more monotonic in tone. Although these scriptures are all attributed to the Buddha, he did not actually write them. His teachings were passed down orally for hundreds of years. From there, many writers worked on the scriptures, making their own additions, some even completing whole works in Buddha's name. Why, might you ask, did they not take credit for themselves? They were being humble, and this is a trait that not only exists in the circles of Buddhist literature, but in Western literature as well. For a, t- for, for a time, the whole of the work was attributed to the person who inspired the work. This is where we get the basis of our plagiarism laws and is why many additions are attributed to Buddha. This is a long-winded explanation.
and way of saying that the ego is part of us, and it, it is not. It is a mechanism designed to make us crave more, which we can never fully escape. This craving is a part of our power to create, and as the great Margaret Donner said, you must acknowledge the shadow if there is going to be light, for there is darkness and light, and light and darkness, and this is the wisdom of the Tao. The ego is also where we first learn to care for our physical bodies, which are just as important as our spiritual well-being. One teacher, David Spangler, who wrote Apprentice to Spirit, said that we should not be so ready to hand over our power to higher beings just because they are higher beings. We are on equal footing with them, and while they deserve our respect, they do not need or want or will ever ask for us to belittle or hand over our own power if they are truly of the light. End quote. And thank you for listening.